Look, it stung. Micah Shrewsbury leaving Penn State to go to Notre Dame, but the Nittany Lions, Pat Kraft, they made the right hire by going and getting Mike Rhodes. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. You're free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host. It is great to be back. Uh, it's been a little bit of a hiatus to explain to some listeners and viewers the reason I stepped away at the end of March. Uh, I had surgery, actually. I, I've recovered well. Uh, I'm, I'm better. I'm 100%. And that's the most important part is I wanted to be 100% for everybody. Uh, and here we are. And so much stuff has happened, Adam. Uh, we've had so much to talk about. Adam Sheets joining the show. He's the Penn State men's basketball insider for Penn State's Com Radio. Uh, Micah Shrewsbury leaving after the uh, NCAA tournament was over. Uh, the, the bidding war with Notre Dame. He ultimately followed his heart, went back to Indiana. And then here we are, Adam, also part of this, uh, a big change coming for Lockdown Nittany Lines is now uh, we are the official podcast of Penn State Rivals. So PennState.Rivals.com is your official source for all things Penn State sports and Locked on Nittany Lines, the official podcast of Penn State Rivals. And Adam, it's great to have you as the first guest back since uh, my little vacation. My little, I, I wouldn't call it, I was on the injured reserve for a little <laughs> bit there. Oh yeah, definitely great to be back. As you said, since the last time we talked, we were talking about Penn State just losing to Texas and how the team's going to look next season. And now all of a sudden we have new coach, completely new look for Penn State. So it's been a very eventful time since the last time we discussed this. Yeah, but I think Penn State landed on its feet. I, I was a little concerned, and we're going to address a lot of that today. The the hiring of Mike Rhodes, players in the transfer portal for Penn State. Not everyone has put their name in, but a, a good chunk of players, uh, the high school recruits, uh, asking to be released from their letters of intent. Uh, so there's there's a lot to unpack here. But most importantly, Penn State selects Mike Rhodes from VCU. He's bringing his staff with him and then brought in Joe Crispin, all-time Penn State great, one of the best scorers, one of the best basketball players in Nittany Line history. But Mike Rhodes, how what what kind of how would you rate this higher on a scale of one to ten? I think it's a very good hire. I'll put it at the eight around eight range for Penn State. I think, you know, Mike Rhodes is a really good coach. I think if you followed what he's done in his career, was very successful at the Division three level before becoming an assistant coach at VCU with Shaka Smart, took Rice, was very successful at Rice before going back to VCU. And since he's been there since 2017, he's been a winner. And he's been very consistent in his approach. They're a very defensive-oriented team, but they're very mm -hmm. athletic. I think that's the one thing you always take away from VCU. You normally look at these mid-major teams and you don't see that athleticism VCU was one of those teams where you saw that athleticism he found a way to hit the transfer portal guys at Penn State fans might know a Brandon Johns who played at Michigan he brought him in this year for this team that won the A-10 regular season and tournament title went to the NCAA tournament before losing to St. Mary's it was a great run for VCU for Mike Rhodes there and now coming back to the state of Pennsylvania where he's from from Schuylkill County played his college ball at Lebanon Valley College he's a Pennsylvania guy and he's very excited to be here at Penn State 
State. So we talked about Micah Shrewsbury, you know, really not being this his destination job, obviously him going back home to coach at Notre Dame. This seems like a very important job, maybe a destination job for Mike Rhodes. He kind of alluded to that in his opening press conference, and he seems very excited, and I'm very excited to see what he can do. I think this is a really good hire for Pat Kraft in the Nittany Lions. This is a seven-year, $26 million deal. Uh, this was something that was made public, and Pat Kraft in the press conference did say that we wanted to make this public because we wanted people to understand the commitment. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that need to be changed, and I feel like it, it – so much to dissect in the fact of what, what happened with Micah Shrewsbury, what needs to be changed. So I feel like Micah Shrewsbury walked so that a guy like Mike Rhodes or whoever else, because I did like Adam Fisher as a candidate. He took the temple job. I, I did like other candidates, uh, but Mike Rhodes, he wants to be here. He's a Pennsylvania guy. He looks at, you made the point. He looks at Penn state as that, as that destination job where Micah Shrewsbury looked at somewhere in Indiana, <laughs> a division one, I, I think it was Indiana, Notre Dame, any of them. I, ultimately he would have left, but there were definitely some things that Penn state needs to correct in terms of program support for Mike Rhodes. So I guess that's the next thing. What does Penn state need to do in your opinion, where it failed to do with Micah Shrewsbury in just two short years that it can help Mike Rhodes now that it's out there in the open. I think there's got to be a commitment to NIL and a commitment to facilities. I think those are the two big things we discussed when we were talking about Micah Shrewsbury potentially leaving back in February. That's where their commitment has to come for Penn State to build this basketball program into what it can be. And I think yeah. they have that ability. Mike Rhodes had a great quote in his press conference. He's a pit bull with manners. He's a guy who stays up in the middle of the night and he'll think about things like, oh, how we could be better. And he's not afraid to have that conversation with people of power at Penn State. I'm sure him and Pat Kraft will get to know each other very well with those conversations. But I think the NIL commitment's probably what has to come first they have to show their commitment to be able to go out and get the best players whether that be through the transfer portal or in recruiting getting high school kids to commit to Penn State with that NIL commitment as well and then the facilities we discussed this Penn State's got good facilities not great facilities for college basketball especially in the Big Ten I think they'll want to improve that as much as they can I think Mike Rhodes is going to be very open about trying to get those improvements to make sure his team and they're on the same level playing field as the teams they're competing against within the Big Ten Conference. Excellent point. Mike Rhodes is going to bring a system. He's, again, brought over his entire VCU coaching staff. So there's plenty more to talk about how Penn State men's basketball is going to project for the next three, five, ten years. That's the idea is to keep here Mike Rhodes for a long time and have this be his final job. And we're going to discuss that in the next segment. He's Adam Sheets. I'm Zach Seiko. Let's hear from a sponsor of today's show, and that is Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. And we know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's the time to make it count. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'm going to be voting for the Peanut Butter Brownie Bar Puff. And if you want to support that to win, you'll be voting for that bar too. So support your team, support your bar or puff, whichever is your favorite. And now here's the, here's the great side of it. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. But not only that, Built, uh, Built is going to also, for one Locked On fan, you will win a 12-month subscription, that is one year, to Built, to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. So you got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. Now, what makes Built bars and puffs so good? 
For starters, they're all high in protein. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate, also low in sugar. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com. That is BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day, so hop in and support your pick. Man, March Madness uh, ha- has been crazy, Adam. Uh, Penn State made it to the round of 32. I, I really, you know, Micah Shrewsbury, for what it's worth, I, I know this conversation's about the future. You know, Mike Rhodes building a program, getting the support. We're going to go through the staff and players and what to expect for next season and what needs to happen this offseason so that they're not at the bottom of the Big Ten, so that they can at least be around if not, may, again, the idea is to make the NCAA tournament again. I, I think anything short of that uh, is a disappointing season. But Micah Shrewsbury did make Penn State basketball fun. Pat Chambers, uh, I think, was was getting there as well. And we and we know what happened. We know he fired and everything else. He's at Florida Gulf Coast. But COVID happens. And that team, that was a sixth seed e- easily. Mm-hmm. They were at least a six seed going into the NCAA tournament. But Micah Shrewsbury in such a short time, he is a really good coach. I have no animosity. Obviously, there are people in the fan base that are going to be upset with the way that he left. But I think ultimately, you have to understand why he did it. Um, But fortunately for Penn State, (laughs) this program is not left in shambles. Uh, And neither is VCU because they went out and hired Ryan Odom from Utah State. And now it's like the big fish, you know, big fish eats little fish. So now (laughs) Utah State (laughs) is going to uh, have to figure out what it's going to do moving forward. Uh, So for Penn State, the blueprint starts in the transfer portal. uh, Or does it start with re-recruiting? Players who were here under Micah Shrewsbury, Dalian Johnson. I know a player like Kanye Clary is not in the transfer portal, Adam, but uh, Akeba Jai is, uh, or no, Akeba Jai is not, excuse me. Uh, uh, Jameel Brown is, mm-hmm. a, and Evan Mahaffey is. Those guys have not committed anywhere. There's going to be interest, especially since they're from Ohio, Indiana. There's going to be that interest to move back closer to home and to be with the coach that you played for and recruited. Same thing with the VCU players. So we'll get to that in just a second. But starting with the players that are Penn State Nittany Lions, whether they're in the transfer portal or not, what's kind of the read you're getting as far as how they could fit in, who would most likely stick around, and and if it's just they're just listening to other people, but ultimately Mahaffey and Brown and others could return. I think there's a good chance. I think that's the first thing they have to do when they came in. I think Mike Rhodes made the point. Uh, he actually tweeted this out on Twitter, how it's all about the players. And he really wants, and it was a picture of all the Penn State guys that were there at his press conference. Some notable ones, Jameel Brown, Evan Mahaffey were there. Uh, they were there for that press conference. I mean, they had already been in the portal. So it was interesting to see those two at mm-hmm. the introductory press conference for him. I think it's important to try to keep some of these freshmen, specifically a Kanye Clary and Keba Jai, just because of how important they are. And I think how they fit into the system. You look at VCU last year, Ace Baldwin, who's now in the portal from VCU. He's a very good undersized guard that's very quick and knows how to get to the rim. It's very similar to Kanye Clary. So there's kind of that pre-track where they have been successful with a similar type of player that Kanye Clary is at VCU with an ace ball. And then Keba Jai, obviously, he was the prized recruit last year in that class. He's so talented, started. We mentioned a lot how he was really starting to get it going towards the end of the year, really growing into his role at Penn State. I think he's a guy that you just look at the talent that he has. He can really take that step and really be like the man on this team for years to come. I and mean, that's the first guy you got to look at if you're Mike Rhodes. He's not in the 
portal yet, so you have full range. You're the only one that can talk to him at this point. Make sure he feels comfortable and you're able to keep him. I think that'd be the first step because I think if Keba Jai stays, maybe you're able to continue to – he will help you recruit some of these other guys that are there as freshmen that are maybe in the portal like an Evan Mahaffey or a Jameel Brown and maybe try to get them to come back as well and keep that five nucleus, the highest-ranked recruiting class Penn State ever had. Dalian Johnson and Caleb Dorsey are the veteran players that have that have put their names in the transfer portal. And I think regardless of the Micah Shrewsbury situation, I think if Micah had stayed, uh, I, I do think that they might have ended up in the transfer mm-hmm. portal as well because we saw Dalian Johnson uh, not get in as much. And then Caleb Dorsey, I rumor maybe might have been, again, Penn State basketball, like Penn State football, doesn't really talk about injuries. Uh, I I. I think Caleb Dorsey might have had an injury I don't know I don't have an inside or source about that uh, but was on the floor all of a sudden disappeared and then never really had a single minute ever again down the stretch besides the point uh, so Penn State uh, their goal is to keep uh, Mike Rhodes and the staff their goal is to keep as many players in-house as they can but also they want some familiar faces too. So Ace Baldwin uh, is a candidate. And from what we have seen from various sources, people that have covered this situation closely, uh, that Ace Baldwin, his top choice is to follow Mike Rhodes and the staff to Penn State. Uh, Any other players that could be joining him from VCU? I think there's a lot of players. I think there were a lot of big-time names from VCU. A lot of those players that entered the portal. Nick Kern is one that's really, really talented, a really good wing guy, as well as Ace Baldwin. Ace Baldwin's mm-hmm. the prize guy, A-10 player of the year. Everybody's going to want him for what he can bring to your program. And Mike Rhodes has to be able to continue to keep that connection because I think he's the guy you bring in. He can really start to fit this culture because he was the leader on that team, a vocal guy for VCU in the A-10 and their run to the NCAA tournament. He can come and immediately take over that locker room and help bring on a player's perspective to help build that culture that Mike Rhodes wants around Penn State basketball. I think he's the first by far guy that they have to get. And then there's some other good role players that have also entered the portal from VCU. If you can bring them over as well, again, it's all about culture, especially in that first year building that culture. Micah Shrewsbury did it by keeping a John Hara and Seth Lundy, as well as bringing guys in to fit what he wanted to do out of the transfer portal. I think if Mike Rhodes is able to keep some of these players as well as bring in some of those VCU guys specifically, Ace Baldwin will be so huge for this team and their ability to build this program from the ground up after everyone said it was kind of falling down after Micah Shrewsbury left, continue to build off that NCAA tournament appearance with the talent they have and continue to be successful. And the high school recruits, there were three of them, but that was a pretty good class. Uh, top 25, mm-hmm. obviously, when you have a guy like Kerry Booth, the son of Calvin Booth, who's the general manager of the Devin, uh, Denver Nuggets, one of the greatest to do it for Penn State. Uh, but this is... This is a case of you want your you want your son. This is this is kind of just what I've gathered in general. You don't want your child to just kind of follow blindly in what you did when you were their age, right? Uh, so for Carrie Booth to to step back and like make his decision, I, I I totally understand. It's not a you know yes, there's a legacy. You want to be able to follow your father's legacy, but I totally get where he's coming from as far as making a decision for himself and not just living in the spotlight or the shadow of his parents. Uh, so what what can we gather as far is there any hope that Penn State gets Kerry Booth back? I think Logan Imes, I know that he publicly, at least it was publicly reported that Logan Imes was interested in recommitting to Penn State if Adam Fisher was still on the staff or had become the head coach. Braden Shrewsbury, it, it didn't take a genius to figure out that uh, he was going to follow his dad to Notre Dame. Uh, So it seems like Logan Imes and Braden Shrewsbury uh, are off the board, period. Uh, Shrewsbury confirmed. Logan Imes not looking great. But then there's Kerry Booth, five-star, 
really a, a do it all. He six foot ten is athletic. He can shoot. He can drive. He can rebound. He can play defense. He he is the total package for a recruit that you want to be a difference maker. And I feel like Penn State hasn't had that. Tony Carr uh, was kind of that, but not not to this extent. I feel like Kerry Booth has a little more potential. Can they get him back? Simply put. I think they can. There is some crossover with the staff, specifically Joe Crispin. There was some crossover between Calvin Booth and Joe Crispin when they were at Penn State. They know each other. So there's that possibility and that connection. I don't think it's a good – I think it's a long shot for Kerry Booth to recommit to Penn State. I think he's probably going to look elsewhere, only because I think a big reason Kerry Booth was looking at Penn State was Micah Shrewsbury and specifically the NBA potential. I think Kerry Booth's a guy looking to try to get to the NBA. Calvin Booth, obviously, NBA GM for the Denver Nuggets. There's that NBA connection with Micah Shrewsbury, spent a lot of time in Boston with the Celtics. So I think their entire goal was to go to college, be successful, but also looking to try to develop his player into the best NBA prospect he can be. I think Micah Shrewsbury was a great coach to help him do that. I think Mike Rhodes, new system, new way of doing things. I think maybe Kerry Booth, definitely because he hadn't had a lot of conversations. VCU was not recruiting Kerry Booth, obviously, because that was just not going to happen. It wasn't functionable for him to go to VCU. Mm-hmm. Just I think it's going to be very hard for them to try to regain that recruitment, especially so late because Kerry Booth does have to make his decision fairly quickly so he can you know get in there in the summer, whatever program he decides to go to and be able to start to develop in that system. It is Locked On Nitt- Nittany Lions, now partnered with Penn State Rivals. PennState.Rivals.com is your top source for everything at Penn State Sports. And I am Zach Seiko, your host. Adam Sheets, a special guest, is a little bit of a hiatus, but glad to be back 100% in full. Adam, where can people keep up with your work? You do such a great job before we get to our final segment here about the staff. At Sheets Adam on Twitter, you can find everything you need, including since we're going to talk about staff articles about the new coaching staff and the new coach, Mike Rhodes, and everything you need to know about Penn State basketball. All right. Perfect. And Adam, the the staff is at VCU has been a winning team since he's been there. And when Mike Rhodes was at Rice, they saw very ample success for a program that didn't even know what that was when it came to basketball. So Mike Rhodes was able to bring that there, uh, a disciple of, of shock is smart and people respect him. I've seen, you know, the various quotes from coaches around basketball from just people that have gotten to know him. So I'm very excited about this. There's two things that I want to hit on though, as far as drawbacks and it's first part's the offense. Okay. Well, Mike Rhodes offenses. They're slow. They're middle of the pack. They don't score. They just rely on good defense and that doesn't get it done anymore. What do you have to say to that? I think, you know, that's a reasonable thing, but I think there's maybe the argument that at VCU, you have to really make a choice. You can't have a high-powered offense and a great defensive team at the same time. You're not Mm going to get the great athlete that also is going to shoot 40% from behind the arc. you got to really make your decision. I think he chose, we're going to get the best athletes we can. We're going to be very long, very athletic, and play very tough defense. And it was very successful for them. I remember the one game, the A-10 championship, which came right on before the Big Ten championship that Penn State was playing in. They completely shut down Dayton for the last 10 minutes of that game. It was one of the best defensive performances I've seen all season with what they were able to do in the A-10 championship game against Dayton. Um, so, you know, there's a very good defensive team. If we were saying that can't work, I think it can work on, on the big level. It's hard, but in the Big Ten, you look, Rutgers plays that way. Northwestern plays that way at times. It's there's a track record in the Big Ten that tough defense can work and can win you games. And I think that's definitely his first mentality. But obviously, I think there's going to be some changes with who he's going to be able to get in the recruiting cycle at a school like Penn State. 
And that was something I wanted to get to, but I, I really want to just, I want to burst the bubble of the people that think that offense isn't going to be a thing at Penn state. I think the reason you went out and got it, not only because of the legacy that Joe Chrisman has at Penn state, but you brought him in to be an influential mind to the offense. May I remind people that at Rowan university where he's been the head coach for the past seven seasons, they were averaging over 80 points per game. And then these past two seasons, they were averaging over 90 points per game as a team. Now, granted, Division Three, I, I get it. Competition is a little different. But Joe Crispin is a mind that has, he understands the game of basketball well. He played in the NBA. He played overseas for a long time. And then he got this head coaching job almost immediately and then has been there for seven seasons and the success getting that team to the NCAA tournament at D3, putting the offense together. I think that Penn State's going, and he said it, they're going to play fast. They're going to adjust. You you have to adapt your system to who you have, right? You, you can't, you can only do so much. And VCU had a different set of players. I know they're going to bring them over, but it also depends on what coaches you have as well. So for someone, they're not just going to say, all right, Joe, you know, be quiet. We don't need to hear you. We, we're going to, we're going to run the offense the same way as VCU. I think there's going to be a change in philosophy here where Penn State's going to fly up and down the floor and they're going to play fast. Yeah, I think that's how I think there's a way for them to marry kind of both of these philosophies together. And I think the thing is creating defense and offense, looking to push mm -hmm. it right after you get stops, looking to force turnovers and get out and run. I think that's how Penn State's going to want to play with the way he said he wants to recruit bold, different and aggressive. They want guys who are very fast, very athletic, can run up and down and play every position, kind of positionless basketball. And I think that's something they're really going to look for, being able to run, force turnovers, get out and transition, push the ball out of makes, try to get shots quick and run. I I think that's definitely something that can work in the Big Ten because teams really don't do that. Yeah. Penn State's had success with doing that in the past. You look at the 2019-2020 team, they were known for their ability to run and force turnovers, get out and run. The game in the Palestra against Iowa that year, they forced 22 turnovers. They wanted to force turnovers. There's a recipe for success, especially at Penn State, playing that way. And I think that's definitely going to be something Mike Rhodes is going to look at. Looking at Joe Crispin, who you said is a great offensive coach over 90 points per game his last two seasons at Rowan, and looking to mirror that into his image of a tough defensive team just trying to force turnovers and really speed the game up with your defense line that to create the offense on the other end. And you made an excellent point. I think that's going to be a headache for the Big Ten specifically. So mm -hmm. Penn State uh, is going to have an advantage there. The And then you teased it a little bit here, Adam, and this is where we will finish up this, this show, uh, is the fact that Penn State maybe slides back into that, well, this is a program that's going to get the gritty three stars. Maybe they get some of the, the high-powered four stars, but those flashy five stars, they're just going to miss out on them because it, it, it does bother me when there's a five-star at St. Joe's Prep and he's headed to Kentucky or uh, you know sitting right over there in Philadelphia and he's not even considering the Nittany Lions. You know, you had Derek Lively, and I know there's family situations at Penn State that had Derek Lively considering Penn State, but they were definitely in the fold for him. I got to mm -hmm. imagine he, he the Penn State was in their top three before he ultimately committed to Duke. But here you are again with the likes of Kerry Booth, and then down the road, is this something that Penn State is going to continue to struggle with? Just really getting the because they're not going to be seen as a place that develops NBA talent. It's going to be seen as, well, we win college basketball games and we try to make it fun, but we're not really a factory to, to push players to the NBA. What are your thoughts on that? 
I think in the foreseeable future, I think that's definitely going to be how Mike Rhodes is going to have to build this team, getting these kind of undervalued guys, these three stars, maybe low-ranked four stars, kind of stealing them as big programs aren't really looking at them and showing developing them into great players in the college ranks. But I think, you know, if Penn State does make that commitment in the NIL and Mike Rhodes shows he can win in the Big Ten and develop guys to get them to the NBA, I think there's definitely a possibility that in the future, if he's able to build this program the way he hopes he can build, Penn State as a basketball program. I think there's definitely an opportunity to start to maybe garner this ability to get these five-star guys, but it's going to take some time. He's not going to come in and next year have three five-stars just automatically signed just because they're in Philadelphia. It's going to take time. He's going to have to build the program in his image, get these low-ranked three-star guys, these four-stars, and really develop it into a great culture that the five-star players that are looking to try to get to the NBA want to come to Penn State and play because they like the culture, they like the way they play, and they trust Mike Rhodes and his coaching staff to help get them to the next level. It's just going to take some time. That's not going to happen overnight. It was going to happen maybe a little quicker with a Micah Shrewsbury because of yeah. his NBA pedigree, but with Mike Rhodes, who's a college guy through and through, it's going to take time to build up that trust with recruiting cycles and get that relationship so Penn State's able to eventually build it into a program where they can go and compete for these guys at the highest level in the recruiting ranks. Oh, it, it is great to be back. Uh, another episode of Locked on Nittany Lions in the books. Thanks again for making us your first listen and watch every single day. For your second listen, check out brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shea and Andy Patton, they do such a great job as everything's winding down. The national championship game today as this episode is going to be up Monday, April 3rd. Uh, and I guess, Adam, this is a good time to get your prediction as well. San Diego State, Connecticut. Connecticut's a pretty pretty good team. I, I like San Diego State to make it interesting uh, because FAU is just a really complete team. So I think it took everything in them to even with that final shot to beat that Owls team. But who do you like to win and maybe a score there? I like UConn. I think UConn's been the best team through and through. They've really dominated college basketball, especially in the NCAA tournament. They haven't lost a game outside of Big East play. They've yeah. been great. So I like UConn. I like them. 85-68. I think they're going to run away okay. with this thing. I just think, you know, it's going to be too much. I think San Diego State keeps it interesting for a little bit, but when UConn, right at the beginning of the second half, they flip that switch and they're a completely different team. I think Sonogo is going to be a problem down low, and I like the Huskies to cut the next down. If I, I do like UConn as well to win it. If San Diego State's going to keep it interesting, they're going to have to play really good defense, mm -hmm. and I think you're, you're just going to have to be slow, and you're going to have to go really, really to the extreme of the way that Aztec basketball is. So I'm going to go UConn, I'm going to go really weird here, 65 to 60 and just be in that lower scoring frame just because if San Diego State wants a chance, it's just how they're going to have to play. And I think they do it well enough that they can at least make it interesting. But like I said, Locked on College Basketball is all the recaps, the previews, everything that has been going on in college basketball. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, coaches, players, insiders throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. So excited to be partnered up with Penn State. Dot rivals Penn State.rivals.com, your official source for all things Penn State athletics. Adam, once again, where can people keep up with your personal work? You do such an incredible job. At Sheets Adam on Twitter, where you can find all the things you need for Penn State basketball. All right, Adam, thanks again for your time. Glad we could catch up. So much to talk about when it comes to men's basketball and uh, when some players, as they move through the transfer portal, in or out, whichever, hopefully all in, uh, but excited for that next conversation about it. Yep. Thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure.